Well, what is there left to say? My goodness, what an amazing Sunday up to this point. I feel like this is going to be kind of an anticlimactic type sermon because of all the wonderful things that have happened up to this point. Uh, but as always, I want to say good morning and welcome to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Uh, to our visitors, you are our honored guest, and I don't know what brought you here this morning. I don't know if you're looking for a church home or if you're just passing through or if you're here with Daddy, but whatever the case is, please uh, take a moment to fill out a card that is in the back of your pew. We'd love to have it a record of your attendance, and you can pass that card into me or one of our shepherds, or there's a box in the foyer that you can place that card in. We'd love to invite you back out to one of our services because I don't think you'll find a finer church in all of Mission Viejo. This morning, we are going to be talking about uh, fatherhood, and I want to extend a very, very special welcome to all of our fathers here uh, this morning because we know that fatherhood is a tough job, and, and that's why we set this day aside to give honor where honor is due. And typically on Father's Day, what you'll probably receive is your customary tie or your customary Father's Day socks. Uh, I got mine this morning, amen. Or you may receive your meal. I got uh, some uh, French toast this morning before church. That was great. Um, so I hope that your Father's Day is going well and that your family loves on you and takes you out to eat and all that, all that good stuff. Um, this morning, I want to start with something a little funny. And, and the title of the sermon this morning is Daddy uh, Daycare. So Mike, Without further ado, go ahead and play this slide for us, this clip. To say that, uh, that most men probably feel like these characters uh, on this movie called Daddy Daycare. When it comes to raising our children, we, we just don't have a clue. Amen? I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty difficult. And uh, I love that, that line where he said, uh, can't men do everything women can do? And the guy said, no. No, we can't. And uh, there's something about uh, raising children for, for men uh, that, that uh, I guess... Uh, Wakens in us an emotion that, that kind of comes from, from, no, from nowhere. It's, it's, often, it's often difficult when mom takes off or mom is working and dad are, are with the children now. It's like, it's like, what do we do? How do we feed them? How do we, how do we survive? So, uh, but I will say this. Um, I, I believe that one of the manliest things that a guy can ever do in this life is love his wife and his children. Amen? I think that's one of the manliest, toughest things that you could do. You thought bench pressing 300 pounds was tough? Try French braiding your daughter's hair. Amen. Uh, <laughs> that's tough, isn't it, fellas? <laughs> Look, Brian's like, I, I know, I know, I'm with you. Uh, it's, it's tough, um, but I think what God wants men to do, especially uh, in this day and age, in this society, is for men to really uh, to raise our children in a way that brings God glory and honor. So this morning, that's what the sermon is about. Go to this next slide, Mike. I want to look at a couple of passages of Scripture to kind of set the context, but I want to say this before we even get to this verse. I believe that families are the backbone to every thriving uh, society, every thriving society in the world. There, there has to be a family unit. And within the family unit, the father's role, we understand, is to provide, right? And to protect and to set the example of love that his family should follow. So fathers have a tough job. Um, a father is to correct their children when they err, and that is a very difficult task. I know no father's like doing that. We don't, we don't enjoy that. We are called as fathers uh, to comfort our children when they experience hardships. And 
And we're called as men, as fathers, to love our children and our families more than we love life itself. Amen? So men have a tough responsibility and a tough job, especially as, as fathers. But if you notice throughout Scripture, the Bible doesn't give much direction, if you will. I'm using that term loosely because there are passages in Scripture. But the Bible doesn't give much direction on how the Father is supposed to kind of implement this idea. I wish there was a step-by-step manual on how to raise kids from the Father's perspective. And we kind of don't see that. But we do have passages in Scripture that kind of hone us in and help us to kind of figure this out. Uh, And I think there's a passage in Scripture that I want to examine this morning here that tells us really what not to do as fathers. So you guys bear with me for a moment this morning as we kind of flesh this idea out. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 4, which Chuck alluded to this morning. He also read verse number 5, which is really profound and can't be skipped over. But I want to focus on verse number 4, which says this, Fathers, do not exasperate your children or provoke them to anger in other translations. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So let's kind of do some some exegetical work on this passage this morning and try to flesh some of this out. Fathers, so we know the author is writing specifically to men with children, and he says something that is just, just really important here that I think a lot of dads we've got to be careful with Do not exasperate or uh, uh, provoke your children. And like I said, some translations say to to anger. So so the question this morning is, what what does that mean and and what does that that look like? Well, in my opinion, this text is really talking about the difference that we see between men and women. The Bible is clear that, that fathers, for the most part, are physically stronger, right? Fathers have deeper voices. They have a command presence that mama just doesn't have because of the physical makeup and how God designed us. Now, I know mamas can be scary too, amen. I'll be the first to say that, amen. Mom's watching, yes. Uh, But there's something about dad's presence. Would you agree? When dad shows up, it just changes the perspective and the outlook of what's going on. I remember Growing up, my brother and I oftentimes would get into a lot of trouble, and mom would do her best to kind of corral the boys and say, Jason and Jeremy, stop that. And oftentimes we would look at mom and we would keep doing what we were doing, but then mom would say, if you keep that up, I'm telling daddy. And you know what we would do? I mean, dress right, dress like perfect children, because there was something about the presence of dad in the children's life that kind of changes some things. So I remember when dad would step into the house after mom had made that command, we would scatter because we knew that dad was in the house. Uh, And I would say that fathers have a great impact on the development of their children. And I'm not just talking about from the boy perspective. I grew up in a boy-dominated world. So for the most part, when I was coming up, my, my brothers and, uh, and I, we had cousins, and we had all boys for a season, right? And then, you know, I just remember growing up in the boy context. Boys are hard-headed, they're rough, dad can be a little tough with them. And I'm the first man in the Darden family to have two daughters. So I said, Lord, what are you doing to me, right? So I've had to learn how to change some of my ways and be more kind and gentle and patient and loving, right? 
Fathers have an impact not only on their sons, but on their daughters as well. So what we need to do is we need to flesh out some of this. How can we discourage our children, fathers, if we're not careful? Well, fathers, oftentimes, if we're not careful, we can easily criticize and poke at and mistreat our children with not even really trying to do it on purpose. It just happens. We have this hormone in us called testosterone. Maybe you've heard of it, right? And sometimes that hormone make us, makes us buck up a little bit, and we're kind of hard and harsh at times. And the Bible says, be careful when it comes to your children, because if you continue to be harsh and to poke and to criticize, they can grow up and be discouraged people. Well, what does that mean on a practical level? Sometimes fathers are really good at excessive discipline. I don't know if you grew up with a father like that or know what that's like, but excessive discipline can really hurt a child's development. They can't do anything, and they're always in trouble. The Bible speaks that we've got to be careful. Discipline is of God, but oftentimes, men, we can go overboard with excessive discipline, and that causes the child to be discouraged. Here's another one. What about inconsistent discipline? Sometimes, fathers, when it comes to our discipline, we change like the weather. We'll have one rule today, and then the next day it's change tomorrow. And oftentimes, children don't know how to adapt. They don't know what is right and what is wrong, and they grow up with a world, warped uh, worldview. So the Bible tells us to be careful. The Bible tells us not to be uh, a rude, but it tells us to be kind to our children. And men, oftentimes, we bring many of the things that we struggle with uh, from work or outside of the home into the house. And oftentimes, our, uh, our, our thinking or our emotions, the things that we have carried home on, on the 405 traffic enters into the house, and sometimes we're short and we're not very kind. And the Bible says you've got to always be kind to your family, always, and especially your children. You be kind to them. You encourage them. You build them up because if you're unkind to your children, again, they grow up with a, a warped worldview. What about this one? favoritism. We've got to be very careful about that. You know, oftentimes our personalities with our children, we just sometimes get along. We have similar personalities as one child than the next, or sometimes our personalities don't vibe, but that doesn't mean show favoritism. I have a daughter that is just like me, and we do this all the time. Her name is Isabella Simone. She is just like her daddy. And sometimes she gets under my skin and Mary goes, ah, ha, 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 that's what you get, right? But then there's a Layla who can do no wrong in daddy's eyes, right? But the scripture says, be careful. We don't show favoritism. We love our children the same and we treat them the same. Now, oftentimes personalities match better and you get along better sometimes, but that doesn't mean you show favoritism. You love them exactly the same and in the same way. Otherwise, they grow up with a warped worldview. Here's one that I think our culture struggles with, fathers. Sometimes we provide our children with too much. Amen? With the desire to want our children to have the best and the most, we overindulge at times and we let them have and we let them get. They always get the best. They always get the latest and then when they grow into adults, they have that same mentality, I am special, everything belongs to me. And you see them driving on the road here in Mission Viejo sometimes, don't you? Think the whole road belongs to them, right? 
So oftentimes we can overindulge and give our children too much, and that becomes problematic. Father, sometimes we can be too overprotective. And if I was going to be transparent this morning, that's one of my struggles. With our desire to protect our children, sometimes we can go too far. We've got to live, let them have room to grow and to figure out things by themselves. And then lastly, I would say something else that we do oftentimes is sometimes we put too much pressure on our children to achieve. And we've got to be very, very careful with that. And I think those are all ways that we can provoke our children to discouragement. And they grow up with a warped worldview, all because dad wasn't mindful of some of these principles. But good fathers, we make sure we're kind, we're gentle, we're loving. We provide discipline when there needs to be discipline. We protect, we guide, and we teach them the precepts of God. And as I look across the auditorium this morning, I thank you so much, fathers, for being strong Christian men in your families and raising your families in the right way. That's something that should be commended every single day. Amen. I want to look at another passage. Let's go to this next slide, Mike. Uh, it's found in Joshua chapter 24 and verse number 15. And you guys remember the context well, right? So uh, uh, Joshua uh, was heading and leading the people into the promised land. And prior to his entrance into the promised land, he corralled the people and he said, okay, this day we need to decide what type of people, what type of unit we're going to be. And then this is what he says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are now living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You know, oftentimes when I read that passage, I get goosebumps. Now that's a manly passage, amen, right? And what Joshua does here is he says, I'm speaking for my entire family unit. We will serve the Lord. And when you have a father that has that type of mentality or mindset, they ought to be honored. That's a special, special father. Making a decision about who you're going to fo follow is, is so, so important. And I would say oftentimes that we meet many fathers who kind of are stuck in this middle place. They sometimes want to be in the church and in the fold. Oftentimes they don't. Sometimes they put God first. Sometimes they put career first. Sometimes they're this way and that way. But a man, a father, has to be consistent and set the tone for the entire household. And that's what we see here. So, fathers, I love the fact this morning, those of you who are here and faithful and in the kingdom, you have said, I'm going to make the Lord a priority in my household. I remember coming up my father would have us in church every single Sunday morning for Bible class, then for worship, and then back in the old days, we would have Sunday evening worship, and then we would have Wednesday night Bible class, and we could not miss. And that's the tone that he set. I would often say, you know, Lord, uh, I think my dad is a little Pharisaic in that, maybe just a tad, but I really appreciate that because he set a tone and a precedence for our family unit that whenever we're out and about, we put the Lord first always. So fathers, I really encourage you, if you know, you're dealing with that or trying to flesh that out, make it a priority 
in your family unit. I guarantee your life will be blessed as a result of it. Joshua here was the leader, and he spoke for his entire family. And he said, in postmodern talk, I'm going to bring my family to church all the time. We're going to be involved, and I'm going to teach them how to love the Lord and to read the Bible and to pray. And I think if you do that, your family unit will be on the right trajectory. Let's go to this next slide. And that's why the Bible says in Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 12, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now I'm mindful that some people here may have not grown up with a father. Maybe your father passed away when you were young. Maybe your father abandoned the family. Maybe your father mistreated you. Even some now, maybe you had a loving father that was always around that just recently passed away. I know how Father's Day can be hard sometimes. But the Bible tells us to always make sure that we honor our fathers and mothers. And what I love about this passage is it doesn't give distinctions between good fathers and good mothers or bad fathers and bad mothers. It says whoever your father is or mother is, make sure you give them honor. It doesn't matter how they treated you what they did to you, how they mistreated you in that situation or mistreated you in that situation. The Bible says you give them honor anyway. And that's hard for a lot of people to kind of think about when it comes to that text. My dad was absent. He's rude. He's mean. You've got to find out some way anyway, despite all that, to give him some kind of honor anyway, because that's what the Lord desires. He's pleased with that no matter what they did or how they mistreated you or how they were absent. The Bible says you make sure you honor them anyway. And that's something that our culture doesn't kind of quite grasp because fathers sometimes are not here, not present, few and far between. But we've got to honor our fathers. And the Scripture says if we do that, we're really honoring God, our Father. Last slide. I want to look at this and then we'll, we'll be done, Mike. Um, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, go to that next slide, please. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 48. This profound text that I have such a hard time with, right? It says something that's really interesting here. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. What? How does this theology work here? Uh, Jesus was speaking. He said, you know what? I want you to be perfect. Wait a minute, be perfect? That, that's, that's impossible. How can, I even, how can I even do that? What do you mean be perfect? The principle behind this text is, I want you as children to imitate your father in everything. And why should we do that? Well, because we have the perfect heavenly father. Our father will never lie to us, never mistreat us. He loves us. His mercy endures forever. His grace is abundant and sufficient. He's kind. He's gentle. Our God is perfect. And Jesus says, you know what? You should strive to be like your father. Because I think imitation is the greatest form of flattery. For those of us men, uh, uh, as, as we age, what do you hear often from other people? You're looking more and more like your daddy every single day. Now, that could be a double-edged sword, right? Male pattern baldness. I'm not really excited about that one. But, you know... You're looking more and more like your father every day. And when I hear that, people often say that to me, that brings a joy to my heart. It really does because I said, 
My dad is an amazing man. If I could be half the man he is, I'm excited about that. So when I hear that, you, you're looking more and more like your dad. It fires me up, and I feel like that's something praiseworthy there. And God says we should strive to be like our heavenly father. And I tell you what, brothers and sisters in Christ, if we have a father here in the flesh that models what it means to be a Christian man and what it means to be a leader, we should be striving to be like them every single day. And if they're no longer with us, I love what Skeeter said this morning. I heard my dad's voice and he told me, what are you doing? I love that this morning, Skeeter. That was awesome because we remember, we remember how our fathers were. I want to leave you with this last picture. Um, anytime I can brag on my children, I take the time to do that. So you can fuss at me if you want to. I don't care. I'm bragging on my kids uh, this morning. This is, I showed this picture a, a while ago, but this is one of my favorite pictures of all time. One day I came home from, uh, from some work in the military, and I was just worn out, and I was tired, and I might have been a little grumpy, as Mary says, but I don't think I was, right? But I might have been a tad grumpy. I was hungry, so I remember coming home, taking off my uniform, and I sat down on the couch, and I turned on the basketball game. And that day, the Lakers were losing, so it just messed up the day even more. And I remember there just being grumpy, and Izzy came up to me. She said, Daddy, what's wrong? And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm a little grumpy, and I'm a little tired. And I may have said to her, give your daddy some space just a little bit. And I remember that kind of hurt her feelings a little bit. Uh, but then the next moment she came out <laughs> and she had my uniform on her and she did a little dance in my uniform right in front of me. And that changed my whole day that afternoon. And I captured that picture. And this is one of my very favorite pictures of all time. And it really spoke to my heart because I thought it was so flattering. She's proud of her daddy. And she wants to imitate her dad. She'll never join the army, by the way. But she wanted to, amen, imitate her dad. And I thought that, was, thought that was so special. So this morning, as we consider our fathers, I would say for all of us here this morning, we have a heavenly father that is perfect. And we should strive every day to become more like him. Amen? Every single day. We should be growing into his image, becoming more and more like him. And then secondarily to that, if we have been blessed with fathers in the flesh that were there for us and that have raised us in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, we ought to honor them and celebrate them and strive really hard to mimic their example. So this morning, we celebrate our fathers. If you're a father here this morning, God bless you. Keep up the good work. Thank you for your example. For those of us Fathers with young children in the home, let's remember some of these principles and let's raise our children in that way that brings God glory and honor. We've got an invitation this morning. We've got a song selected. If there's anyone here that is not in the correct standing with their Heavenly Father as they should be this morning, this invitation is for you. We want you to come forward and we want you to honor God through how you live your life. And maybe this morning you haven't given your life to the Lord completely yet. The greatest form of honor that you can do, I think, it, besides imitation, is actually giving your life to the Lord through baptism. And if you're ready to do this, that this morning, we, we've got an opportunity for you to do that. Maybe this morning you are a Christian and you've been falling short. You hadn't been doing everything that you need to be doing. Maybe as a father you've been making mistakes. This invitation is for you as well. We'll pray with you. We'll pray for you. Whatever your needs or concerns are, won't you come together while we stand and sing the song of invitation? <laughs>